This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by James Blum, Chief Health Information Officer at University of Iowa. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Now, I know there's a lot happening really in the healthcare space. It's such a dynamic space, and I know you're doing a lot at the University of Iowa as well. So I'm excited for this conversation. But before we dive into the meat of our conversation, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, so prior to medical school, I was uh, trained as a computer scientist. And then I, uh, I ended up spending a fair bit of time in the research space doing large data set analytics after I got done with my residency and fellowship. Uh, in addition to having an active clinical practice, I'm an anesthesiologist and ICU doc. And then about three years ago, I was recruited uh, here to the University of Iowa to take the uh, chief medical, now the chief health information officer role. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. And what a great combination of skill sets and backgrounds, especially for the current age where technology and artificial intelligence, as well as digital health, is such a big part of where healthcare and healthcare delivery is headed. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing time in medicine. I think we're, we're moving into an era, uh, unlike with EHRs, which I think were implemented a little too early, uh, before the technology was truly ready, I think we're, we're now moving into an era where the technology is is really primed for the problems that we have in healthcare today. So I'm I'm super excited about what we're going to see in the IT and computing space in healthcare over the next uh, three to five years. Absolutely. So given where we're at right now, and as well uh, as an eye for the future, what are the opportunities and headwinds that you're looking at currently? Yeah, so I think like everybody, we're looking at uh, AI as the current uh, major opportunity for us in the IT space and our provider space over the next probably, as I said, sort of three to five years. We're going to start, I think, seeing benefits from that in the next next few months as we go through some of our acquisition processes. Uh, and I think that will just continue to roll until it becomes more or less kind of standard of standard of care for mostly documentation purposes over the next, uh, over, I think over it'll take us about five years to truly change the way we're do- doing documentation in healthcare using AI. Got it. And I think too, as you mentioned, I can imagine with those changes, even if it's a slow and incremental change, can really make a big difference for physicians and clinicians who are working with patients at the bedside, but also understanding how they can really optimize their relationship with patients as well. Yeah, I I think what we're going to see is, uh, I don't think this is going to be slow and incremental. I think this is going to be truly transformative. I think between uh, generative AI and communicating with patients and being able to explain things to patient more patients more explicitly and communications that we write back to them and kind of asynchronous messaging, uh, in addition to the ability for other technologies to make it so that we can really spend time just communicating with our patients and not be distracted trying to document things in the computer is going to really change the way the interaction uh, that we have with patients and enable us to have a, a better, stronger relationship with our patients. Uh, over the over the coming years. That's really great to hear. And I'm wondering, given your role as Chief Health, Chief Health Information Officer, how are you thinking about growth and adding value to the organization all overall? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so I think um, 
growth and value, I think, are are terms that we throw around throw around a lot, and we don't necessarily uh, define them well. When I think about growth as an organization, typically I think about us serving more patients and perhaps growing our footprint. Well, I think that there's probably some technology now that helps us determine where's the right place to move, where there are opportunities for us to to influence healthcare, to provide care that maybe doesn't exist in certain areas. We're, we're a very large rural state, uh, you know, whether that be in person or via uh, telemedicine. I think the opportunity for growth is actually pretty large for us, but it's going to come in very small bites. You know, where can we provide additional care here, there, other places? Uh, in terms of value, I stick with a very strict interpretation of that, which is outcome over cost. And I think the opportunity for value here is is high. I think that uh, particularly on the uh, on the cost side of things, I think there's an opportunity for us to dramatically reduce the cost of care using advanced care models that are fueled by AI, that are fueled by advanced technologies. You know, you look at the combination of remote patient monitoring with some AI and communication tools uh, to help patients manage their chronic diseases such that we can reduce the the actual cost of that such that becomes something that we really can coach a patient uh, intelligently through their complex medical illness, I think is something that we're going to see evolve over the next few uh, over the next few years. Otherwise, I think the major area for us in terms of growth locally is just in terms of access. At the University of Iowa, we are a profoundly um, fortunate organization in that we have the opportunity to provide care to about one in four Iowans. And uh, in, in any kind of regular budget cycle. And we uh, unfortunately have not enough providers. And so I think using these technologies, we will be able to make our visits uh, more impactful. Uh, we'll have fewer missed visits. Although I have to say most of our most of our uh, our patients tend to be pretty compliant and, and we have a relatively low no-show and cancellation rate. Um, but I think we'll be able to maximize those visits and perhaps have those visits be more impactful, resulting in the need for fewer visits and uh, and deliver better outcomes for those patients uh, with the use of these technologies. Not that the technologies will be making decisions for us, they'll just make us more efficient. And I think that we're truly to that point. That really makes a lot of sense. And it's great to hear that you're already able to leverage some of those technologies to become more efficient. And like you said, increasing access to care is so critical. I know for a lot of organizations right now, it's been challenging year financially. And so when you think about one investment or risk that's still worth making over the next 12 months or so, what would you say that would be? What's either worked well for you or what do you see as being really crucial in places that you're zeroing in on to spend some of those precious healthcare dollars? Yeah, um, I, I think that this is on the provider well-being side of things. The documentation things that we've been talking about, I think they are expensive. I think we have to figure out how we're going to pay for these things long term. But everything from generative AI for asynchronous communications to those kind of ambient listening to tools that exist in clinics, I think are going to be the are going to be the 
the key things to invest in. I do think that much of this is uh, going to be a race to the bottom uh, because you already see the market getting super competitive in the ambient space with contractual costs dropping uh, with every vendor that you talk to. Uh, but at some point, we're going to hit a compute burden. And given the the relative scarcity of GPUs and other things, we're going to face those challenges. But I think this is going to be expensive, but I don't think it's going to be expensive as long in the long term as everybody thinks it is. And so I think my approach to this is we need to get these technologies in place. We need to figure out where they're useful. And then we need to figure out how we're going to pay for them whether that's either with increased productivity or increased retention, whatever that might be, however we're going to justify the investment. But I think the, the size of that investment is actually going to go down per provider over, over the period of years relatively quickly. I see. That makes a lot of sense. And definitely taking a long-term view of what the investments could do certainly is a smart and strategic way to approach the situation. Now, before we wrap up here, I'm wondering, we've talked a lot about areas where technology and healthcare delivery are coming together, as well as the provider well-being. Is there anything else that you want to touch on in terms of looking at the future of where you're excited about and in what additional professional growth or growth areas for the health system are you looking at? Well, I think what I what I'm really excited about, I think a lot of the AI applications you see right now are going to be assistive, as we sort of talked about on this immediately. I think the the current hype and the current actual plateau of productivity are actually centered around documentation. Um, I do think in probably later this decade, we will start to see really assistive AI in clinical decision-making. And I think that's gonna be a, a very exciting time, whether it's AI or just access to large sets of data. I think we're finally gonna be at the point uh, that's taken us you know, 40 years to get to where we will actually be practicing medicine that is AI and really data-assisted on a personalized basis, which is has been a long time coming. Um, if you if you look historically at the work that was done at Stanford in the eighties, um, with uh, you know di- uh, with uh, uh, differential diagnosis software, we're finally going to deliver on that. I think in the next few years. That would be fascinating, and certainly to see that come to fruition, as you mentioned, really, really cool personalized medicine and being able to more precisely treat people, and it seems like it would really be better for outcomes in the patient experience overall. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited. I think we're going to see. Um, I think we're actually going to see. You know, when you look at when you look at healthcare IT and where it's actually demonstrated outcome benefit, it's actually relatively limited. You know, pharmaceutical barcode scanning and, and things like that are definitely of, of value, but a lot of things that we've done have not actually demonstrated improved outcomes. But I think we're gonna see it with these, with these technologies in the not too distant future. That's amazing to hear, James. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, and we're excited for you to join us at our annual meeting in April. I know it's a four-day event. We'll have more than 550 health system executive speakers and leaders on some of the biggest 
issues and topics and strategies for where healthcare is headed today, especially focusing on technology, artificial intelligence, and more. So we're really looking forward to those conversations continuing in this space. James, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.